Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel. His name is Joe Farfsing. Ben Brown will be with us right now. Mm. Just in time. Woo. Woo. <laughs> and welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Late Night Reds on the Riverfront, where you can hang out with us, and you can also check out our good friends over at SeatGeek. Joe, you were just at UC Oklahoma. Say someone needed to go get some UC tickets later this year for a, another football game at Nippert Stadium for some reason or another. How could they support not only the Seat Geek but the good friends at the Riverfront? You can download, log into the Seat Geek app, use code Riverfront for your very first order, and you get twenty dollars off your tickets. Easiest to use, simplest platform out there. They grade every single seat ticket. Green dot is a great deal. Red dot is a bad deal. Easiest platform there is. Riverfront, one word. Boom. We're here to save you guys money. We're here to save you money. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. We got some people hanging out in the chat. We got Josh Scott and Sydney hanging out. What's up, everybody? How you doing? And the referencing... Um, last night's Reds Pirates game, and I know people want to kind of talk about that. Not really feeling that. Not really feeling. It. I want to have fun today. You know, we can very easily talk about how bad this week has been, um, and it's very simple to do so. But we're gonna have fun tonight. All right. So we're gonna talk about some guys who've been hitting their stride of late, and then we're gonna spend the rest of the year after that sharing just Joey Votto memories. And if today was indeed the final day that Joey Votto is in the lineup of the Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark. I want to make sure that I talk about it with my friends and we can just talk about all the great memories he's given us the last 17 years and then some if you're a minor league prospect kind of guy from the early 2000s. Um, and we'll get to that as well. But uh, before we do get to that, Ben, got to tip my cap. Hell of a game, but your guys came out on top. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. It was crazy. It kind of broke up there a little bit. What was your question? No, no. I was saying, uh, I was just saying, giving you props for Ohio State winning last night. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Um, Dude, I I, I told you going into it, like, I thought, I I thought that you guys had the better team. Um, I'm not a, I was not a big supporter of Ryan Day in big games. Um, always felt like he got super conservative. Always felt like uh, when when it mattered most, um, like that he just couldn't make the right call. Um, you guys helped us out by running a screen on third down. I don't know what you guys were thinking. Yeah, um, don't you guys know helped what that us out was. a ton. Yeah, I mean you all helped us out immensely. Um, but overall, I can't say that I can't say that it was bad play calling by Ryan Day. I'm not a fan of not taking points when you get a chance to take points, going on for it on fourth down and not kicking a field goal. I'm not a big fan of that. I always just think in big games, points matter. Um, but but overall, I, I thought it was a spectacular game. Notre Dame is head and shoulders of where you guys were even last year. I mean, you know, you got the quarterback thing situated. Um, up front, you guys are just 
physical. Oh my gosh, your offensive line is physical. So you guys are going to give people fits. You guys will be in that playoff hunt. Just this loss will not hurt you. As a matter of fact, this loss may have helped your chances going throughout the season because everybody saw how physically tough you guys are and everybody saw how good this team can be. Yeah, I was telling Jeff before we came on, I was like, I'm not discouraged at all they lost. I thought they played well enough to win. Mm-hmm. Some things went the highest State's way. It mm-hmm. happens. Life goes on. Yep, and that's, um, and that's football. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not here to talk about that, guys. I want to start this week's show. So, obviously, um, we're going to get into the, the week coming up. But I want to talk about old good pal Terry Lee, TJ Friedel, my guy, doing it this last month. Check it. Mm-hmm. Look at his last 30 games. 296, 403, 582. That is a, uh, for the kids keeping home, that is a 985 OPS mm. right now. Um, on the season, 283, 53, 466, 17 bombs, 63 ribeyes, 45 walks, 26 stolen bases. I had it inside the park home run in this pirate series. That was pretty awesome. Um, just so, you know, just been so, so fun. What a year he's had. And this mm-hmm. is a guy, you know, we're going to get into, obviously, we're, I, I want to get both of you guys' thoughts on what he's brought to the team this year. Um, but the story of this guy is fascinating. So Doug Gray from Reds Minor Leagues, Red Leg Nation, put out today, T.J. Frieda was in the Rule 5 draft twice and was not picked up by anybody. We obviously know the story about mm-hmm. how the Reds didn't, no one drafted him. The Reds got him on a minor league for Asian contract. Uh, that story has been told many of times, but the ability to hit anywhere in the lineup, the ability to hit lefties and righties, the ability to play really good defense, um, sneaky pop, and might just be GABP pop, but I'm going to say 19 homers is 19 homers. Um, so I'm going to give it to him. And then obviously we knew the speed was there. The ability to bunt for base hits, which is probably overused a little too much during the summer months. Um, but man, Ben, what a great 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 year for tj friedel i've been froze joe what a great 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 year for tj friedel (laughs) yeah i mean coming into the season it was kind of like i i always liked friedel like coming through the minors he always put up decent numbers and kind of the question was what is he when he gets the minor when he gets to the majors if he gets the majors is he a fourth fifth outfielder you hear about how great his base running is and how great his defense is, but he's had so much more pop. And yeah, and with his, we'll say 18 home runs, because the inside Parker, he may have probably more inside the Parkers if he didn't play in this absolute crazy band box. But mm-hmm. um, the, the pop that he's shown is so much more than, you know, I, 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 you think maybe this is Billy Hamilton, the guy that's going to hit four or five bombs a year, but he's still, I mean, his, Average exit velocity is relatively low, but he's learned how to become a useful major league player. And instead of being a placeholder at center, like I thought he might be, and just an extra piece, I I think he's is a piece for the next handful of years. I mean, again, he's a fantastic defender, really good base runner, and he hits left-handers. Like just um, trying to pull up the, uh, the numbers real quickly here. Um, he's three forty-five, four fifteen, five sixty. I mean that's a 976 OPS as a top of the lineup hitter against I mean against same handed yeah. pl- uh, things and he's not exactly a slouch against righties so it he's completely just turned a lot of you know turned a lot of heads and he's a dude 
he's not an extra piece. He's a dude. Yeah, I agree. Benny, we're going to bring you in. Yeah, I, I think that's here. the biggest thing, Joe. Yeah, no, I think Joe, I, 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 he hit the nail right on the head. I think that um, he's a guy that you can now you know you've got a center fielder you can slot in there every day. Not only does he run the base as well, he's going to be contacting and gives you pop. He's a guy that you weren't expecting to give you that much pop at the top of your lineup. And, and you know, now you got a guy there with that lineup. When that lineup is solidified, you've got five legitimate guys that can hit 20 home runs in your lineup. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a legit thing when you're looking at that lineup coming into next year. Um, you know, you got, you know, CES, you've got Ellie, you got McLean, you got him, you got Steer. I mean, those that's five guys at the top of your lineup possibly that can hit over 20 home runs on top of that steel basis. So not only are they guys that are going to give you pop, they're also going to run well and put pressure on defenses being able to steal bases. So, yeah, Friedel has been – he has been outstanding this year and a guy that's really kind of solidified that center field spot. Yeah, I would probably add Jake Fridley to that potential 20 home run guys as well because oh, yeah. he missed a yeah, month this year and had, yep. had yep. 15 homers. And he's playing on yeah, that's foot. another one. He's been playing on yeah. for a month. Yeah. I think yep. I think the best thing about TJ Friedel, um, just you know, we, we everything you guys talked about, he's been such a spark. Um, first off, luscious lettuce, incredible lettuce. You he, know, he, yeah. he cut it off though, he cut it short. Yeah, so disappointing. Um has like the worst scan in MLB the show of probably any player in baseball. It is not good. It's not his yeah, fault, so I'm not blaming yeah. him. Yeah. But it is it is not good. Um but I do think that he is um I do think that the dynamic he brings as far as I agree. You know, like Joe, we, we talked about this when we were on with Nate not too long ago, where it's like, you know, I feel like he's a little close to his ceiling. And maybe he is. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, like, if you get, like, another two, three years out of him where he's doing stuff like this for you, I mean, look, like, let's look at center field. Uh, let's take out Shinsu Chu, and we'll go back to, like, Mike Cameron and Ken Griffey Jr. for good center fielders offensively? Yeah. yeah. That's 2,000? Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, I know Jay Bruce played center field for a hot minute when he got called up, but you know that lasted all of. I was going to say, yeah, that wasn't enough to be like, yeah, he solidified center field. Yeah, yeah. and I love Drew. <laughs> I mean, Drew had a twenty forty year, and Drew's our guy. He's been on the show, front of the program, but we know the conversation there with what what he was and what he wasn't. So I'm not insulting him by any stretch of the matter with that. But like what Friedel's bringing them right now, they haven't had it so long. Um, me personally, I know India's best in the lineup leading off uh tj frito will be my leadoff hitter until further notice um aka when matt mcclain comes back um mm-hmm. that'll be a conversation we'll have again which we're going to get to that later in the show but just a fun dynamic player um if the reds were probably in playoff contention we're probably talking about him being up there for the gold glove yeah mm-hmm. so um, he's a three and a half win player on on a uh, baseball reference yep. yeah so yes he is you take that every day of the week. And also, dude, like, I just love the aggressiveness. Like, stolen bases are one thing, but being aggressive on the on the baths is so fun, too. Uh, there were so many plays this week, you know, this week alone where it's like a deep fly ball to center field, and he's on first base, and he takes second. And I love that shit. And, like, mm. I know that's kind of the identity that's... of this team, uh, but I feel like he's a forerunner with that. So uh, that homer he hit today. Today was kind of a unique game where it's like they're getting no hit through five innings. 
They're down two nothing, and the only people getting on base are him and India at the top of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of fascinating. It's like they were just kind of keeping him in the game, and then they got the first two hits. India gets the single. Friedel hits the homer, um, and then no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Friedel got the RBI. Then later got the homer. Got on base four times mm-hmm. today. Um, mm-hmm. Shit, man! If he doesn't get hurt, he might have been the all. He might have been a Reds All Star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's likely. Pretty wild. But for one guy who has been tearing the 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 cover off the ball to another, say it with me, folks. C E S. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Aren't you guys going to miss my wrestling gifts when the season's over here in a week? <laughs> Dude. Uh, I'm sure you, this... You'll find plenty of use for them somewhere, so I don't think they're going I'm anywhere. Sh- I'm sure I will. Yeah, I've got nothing better to do with my time now until basketball season starts in a couple weeks. Um, I don't cover the Bengals like Joe does, so I don't have to worry about that on a week-to-week basis. I can just yell in my basement. Um, I mean, if, if tomorrow goes sideways, then I might not even worry about it. And I'll just show up and be drunk when I, when I do every episode. So that, I mean, it can be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I guess we find out tomorrow morning is the latest report I saw. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get the let's look at Christian Carnacion Strand. So I know Ben texted me about him on like Wednesday. Like, have you looked at these splits lately? And I was like, of course I've looked at the splits lately. Um, this last week, a 1.444 OPS with five homers, 10 RBI, six runs, 10 hits, and that's counting the homer he hit today to kind of break the game open. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, what you call two runs breaking a game open? You know what I'm talking about. No, but yeah. provided cushion. Yes, that's the right. That's correct. Thank you, Joe. That's the best way to put it. But I think the thing, you know, when you heard about him coming up, so let's go actually go back to to the trade last year. Don't be wrong. I was stoked about Spencer Steer, but I was like stoked about Christian Carnacion Strand. They're like, oh, he's going to go to Double A in Chattanooga. He's going to be there for a little bit. Start next year in Louisville. Um, friendly reminder that when Joey was hurt at spring training, if CES is not hurt, he might be the opening day first baseman, not Jason Vossler. Uh, we would have I been spared the Jason Vossler experience, though. That's true. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're, 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 our, our lives have been enriched for having the other JB. <laughs> I was, was going to say, didn't you enjoy that? Like, what the heck? It was a good couple of days, and then yeah. the next he was, two uh, weeks were a reminder of who he actually was. He led the team in home runs when he was DFA'd. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had like right. six or seven when he had DFA'd. Okay. Let's break it down real quick before we talk more about Strand. What era of the 2023 Reds was the most memorable? Chris, uh, Jason Vossler, Will Myers, or Hunter Renfro? By the way, this team's won 80 games this year. We had three, three guys taking Memphis for us. <laughs> and intermittent Kevin Newman taking a bet. Yeah. Replacing yeah. Yeah, Don't forget Caden Har- New. Yeah. And Harrison Bader. And yep. Kirk Casale. Well, Kirk Casale had like six at bats one month, but without being injured. There's a ton of obscure former Reds that are current Reds still that, you know, it's, we're going to look back fondly on this season. Like, how did the team win that many games with these guys getting at bats? Mm-hmm. Matt Reynolds said he brought him up. Yeah. Oh, Matt Reynolds. Yeah. He's, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Just <laughs> awesome. Um, 
So, but anyway, getting back to Strand, you know, when I was down in Louisville this year, I was kind of asking people about like what he had been doing this year, besides what we had just seen the highlights of like 900 foot home runs and things like that. Um, they're like, yeah, they're like, he swings and misses a lot. They're like he really strikes out a lot. But if he does make contact, it goes a long way. Kind of similar stuff you heard about LA Daily Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of could tell, you know, when the trade was made, I was like, this is the backup plan for when Joey moves on. Um, this is going to be probably the guy who plays first base. Steer, obviously, in that conversation as well. Uh, you know, those are your kind of, they're your corner infields of the future. Um, but what he's done these past few weeks, where when he came up, you know, you saw these big homers, but you also saw a lot of strikeouts. You saw a lot of, yeah. I wouldn't say uncompetitive at bats, but probably letting at bats get away from him. Just with his, you know, instinct to swing, not blaming him one bit, but you've seen him work counts lately. You've seen him getting hitters advantages. You've seen him take walks. And that was kind of the next part in the evolution, the maturation of Christian Carnacion Strand. Yes. And so for next year, obviously we're talking at how excited we're going to be for this guy, but man. What a freaking couple weeks he's had for this team. Just absolutely needed absolutely needed with all these injuries yeah i mean i i think that the biggest thing that i've noticed is is the fact that he's been taking getting the the more we needed quality of bats the better he's gotten so you know we're got we were in the playoff hunt we're trying to chase down this wild card you know matt mcclain goes out of the lineup um fraley's on a, on one foot Vado's hit or miss. Ellie's in a slump, and and CES steps in and starts hitting the freaking cover off the baseball, and he starts taking good quality at bats, and he starts hitting home runs and driving runs in and doing all those little things that that we knew that he was able to do, and he was doing them in big moments. So it, it was good to see him become a more professional hitter as the season got tighter. Because a lot of guys, they, they feel that pressure of when you're in that playoff hunt and, and you start to take wild at-bats because you're trying to win the game on one swing. And he got better at taking pitches and taking at-bats and taking good quality at-bats in order for him to get good quality hits. So that was positive to see with him. And he's just been on a tear this last like 15, 16 days. He's just absolutely just killing the ball. Yeah, even backing out to yeah, like, uh, like Ben said, his last 15 games, he has 10 strikeouts in 15 games, still hitting 353, 400, 725. I mean, that's that's an 1100 OPS, mm-hmm. and 10 strikeouts in 15 games. I mean, that's 100 strikeouts a season. That's that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's not yep. bad. I mean, that's what probably 50th percentile. Um, yep. Obviously, you want to see him still be a little more selective. He's still not walking a whole bunch, but if this is who he is, I mean. Nobody's saying he's going to be Vlad Guerrero because there was only one Vlad Guerrero, but Alfonso Soriano had a hell of a career swinging at everything when he was in his prime. I mean, it's you want him to be more selective and take, but I mean, it's there's a pathway for it for him to be a very, very competitive and productive hitter with the same aggression. It's it for me, it's the whole when it's 2 0 and there's a pitch six inches out of the zone. And he swings for it, you know, swings and misses, and then all of a sudden it's a competitive at bat, and pitcher, yeah. you know, pitcher gets right back in it. But those are things that I think he will learn. And again, I mean, it's 
he's been lights out every time. I mean, I haven't had as much chance to watch a ton of games lately, nor have I really wanted to with the way that the you know that the pen has been kind of working. But every time I see a see an update on my phone, you know, in play runs, it's Christian Encarnacion Strand hits a home run. Christian Encarnacion Strand home, you know, two run home runs. Like holy crap, this guy's on a tear right now. Low key, decent runner too. Yeah, he's he's a good base runner, better better than a fast runner. He's a good base. Right. Runner. Yeah. Knows how knows when to be aggressive and knows he's not out there. He's not Ellie De La Cruz trying to steal second, third. Every, you know, every single time he's out there, but he'll take the extra base and you know and he'll take the base when he's got the chance. Yeah, for sure. And then Scott did bring up Noelvi Marte does have an eleven game hit streak. I would am happy to talk about Noelvi Marte any day of the week. We just did a segment on him last week, so I want to make sure we gave love around. We spread the love around. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way here at Late Night Reds. Um, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure we get that in there. Absolutely. Uh, Randy asked, why does the Reds have CES play third? So, Randy, he played, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but he played everywhere in AAA this year because they were trying to figure out just how to get him in the big league lineup. So he played first, he played third. He played right field. He played left field. Um, I don't think he played anything crazy like middle infield or anything, but they were kind of moving him all over the place to kind of see where they could get him comfortable for where the Reds would need him. Um, if you look at the guys who have played third base for the Reds this year, you know, not counting Spencer's year, I think that just getting his bat there made a lot of sense. Well, Marte and Ellie, obviously, but, um, you know, that's going to be a really fascinating thing. So, I think that's the beauty about steer playing left field, right? Is instead of having this conversation that we're going to have all all, year, all uh, winter when we have nothing to talk about, as far as like who's going to play what position, mm-hmm. you kind of know, right? You know, it's CES, McLean, Ellie, Marte, and then steer probably in left field. Um, TJ Friedel in center field. Mm-hmm. Some Will Benson, left handed guy, right field. Jake Freely is a DH. Um, I don't know how the catcher is going to line up. We're going to do this next week. Like, a, we're going to go through the big league roster currently and say who will be and who won't be. That's mm-hmm. next week's show. I want to make sure the season is over before we got to that. So you're doing playoff prep next week. Come on now. That's there. There's that. There's that. Um, not, it's not over yet. Not but over it's till pro- it's over. But it's probably over. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down there, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Come on, everyone, do it with me. Everyone, do it with me. Uh... But. Yeah, I uh, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think, you know, like you guys said, everything that he's been doing for this team has been tremendous and terrific. Um, and, you know, I don't mean, Scott, to discredit or not talk about what Marte's done for this team because, you know, we talked about it last week. He's a guy that gives you big league at-bats. And he's giving you big league at-bats from the jump. He's competitive in his at-bats. He is one hell of an outfielder. Uh, by the way, Edwin Arroyo is still coming at some point. I'd assume probably, depending how you know, some if someone gets injured, probably mid mid next year. Um, but it's 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 going to be really really fun. So I forgot to put this in there, but and we talked a little bit last week about this Ben, about Hunter kind of getting back in form. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we just talk about the fourteen strikeout game the other day? Yeah, yeah. Lee Mackerel, he, he was lights out, man. It sucks so bad the bullpen blew the game for him. Yeah. Um, because he, because no one's, you know, I don't know. If, people will probably remember more the strikeouts than the game, but holy mackerel, dude. He was like from Jump Street. First pitch, 
he was locked in. The mm-hmm. homer he gave up was like a 93 mile an hour exit velocity. So that's just GABP kicking it. Yeah. Uh, yep. But man, unreal, unreal. So happy to see. And we talked about that though. Like we, you know, the maturation of him being able to pitch, you know, after the injury and regaining form because everybody was so distraught after his first start after the injury. Um, but it, we talked about it. It's going to take time, man. This, these are major league hitters. This is a major league baseball team. It's going to take time for him to get back into form. And you, his last two, almost three starts have been flipping incredible. And you're starting to see what Hunter Green truly is. And that is a big-time pitcher, an ace of a staff, and a guy that can, can lead a team, um, uh, lead a team's pitching staff a long way. Yeah, just as three stats or three starts this month, uh, 127 batting average against, uh, walks, hits, innings pitch at 0.75. So he's giving up three quarters of a base runner every inning. Every inning. Um, yeah, 29 strikeouts in 18 innings. I mean, that's that, that's 14, 18.2 innings. So that's what, 14, uh, uh, 14 Ks per nine. Yeah. He's, again, I don't know if he's at ace level because there's only 15 of those guys, but he's he's a number one. Yeah, I mean there are only thirty number only thirty number one pitchers, and he's going to go into next year as a number one pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean he came out rough when he came back from again being out for two months. His first two games were you know a little and then ugly, COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Pitched the third game, he pitched pretty well in his in in the uh, third game back uh, against San Francisco, and then yeah, he gets knocked out for what ten days. Mm-hmm. Half the pitching staff was sick, and he's been absolutely just dominant lights out since then. So yeah, he's he's. Again, not only is he pitching fantastic, but the fact that as a second-year player, he's doing uh, getting all the accolades for his off-the-field work too. And, and I don't yeah. know, that, I don't know if that, cool. that is going to get yeah if, if that gets talked enough enough. A, a lot of these guys, you hear about all the good stuff that they do, but it, it still doesn't get stressed enough because a lot of the guys they can just go through the motions or have a charity. But he's out all the time at the um, RBI facility uh, here in Cincinnati. And just absolutely putting money where his mouth is when he, you know, he talked about wanting to uh, a difference that, that he wanted to make, and and he's doing it. So again, on top of being an absolute stud on the mound, you love seeing these guys that you know the work they do off the field. I think that shows more of who they are and the kind of upraising uh, that they had from as well. Um, I'm going to ask this. It might just be way too early because he's only going into his third year next year, but. Early trends of Hunter Green's career show that he is a second half of the season pitcher. Is this who he is for the future? Should we not freak out in May when he's got like a four seven nine ERA and he's like two and four, and like his WHIP is like right around one point two, but like in in like August when it's down to like his WHIP's under one and he's like leading the league in strikeouts. Is that what we should look for? Is from Hunter Green? I yeah. I mean, I I think that. I think a lot of your there are a lot of pitchers in baseball that are that way. Um, I you know you look at a lot of the guys that have won you know the Cy Young the last few years. Their records haven't been spectacular. It's how they finished the seasons, not how they started them. You know, so it, it's it's you know he's going to have a high ERA. I think most of those guys take that first month, month and a half of the season to really figure out what they want to be and how they want to do it. So you can't get all flustered about how he comes into a season 
Um, knowing that when you get to July, August, and September, and hopefully October, he will be at his best form. That's that's how it's going to be. I like it. I mean, the Reds have done 17 years of Joey Votto being a slow starter, and mm-hmm. he's, he's had a fairly decent career, I'd say. So yeah, if, if yeah. this is who he is, if he's a slow starter, at the end of the year, the numbers are going to even out, and you know he's going to have an ERA, you know, probably low threes, striking out 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. uh, batters per nine. Obviously, I mean, with as poorly as this team starts historically, you kind of wish that his Aprils were better to kind of help to get the team pointed in the right direction. But it's 162 games. I mean, it's your performance over 162 games are, you know, it is what it is over that. I mean, that's good sample size. So, mm-hmm. Well, in April, you've had Lodolo at least. So it's been fine there. He, we've had that to fall back on. Yeah. Um, every April, their conversation is like, is Lodolo better than Green? And then we get to September, and it's like, which guy's actually pitching? Which guy is it? And this isn't a knock on Nick Lodolo. I love Nick Lodolo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you know if him and Graham Ashcraft recover, then that first four next year is going to be nasty. I do mm-hmm. think they need to bring a fifth in, though. I do like Connor Phillips. We'll talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. But Joe, you joked earlier that next week we're going to be doing playoff prep. You know, we're going to be doing playoff prep next week because Matt McLean is coming back, baby. Yes, the Reds sir. are getting truly probably their best player back. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least he was before his injury. Uh, in AAA on a li- with a little rehab assignment, if all goes as planned, you'll see him in Cleveland, which I'll be in Cleveland for the Wednesday game, watching uh, Andrew Abbott versus Shane Bieber. Um, so we're gonna get kind of talk about that. But how big is this? And also, I know we're all gonna say yes to this, but there's some people out there who think we're crazy. He should be the everyday second base when he's back, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any question that he's the best. I mean, he obviously he's the best second base and shortstop that they have, but there's at least competent shortstops to cover. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, him. He. I try not to badmouth John uh, Jonathan India too much. Same. He's he's been. I injured. love him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. You know, I look at his stats and he's had one good year, two injury plague years where he hasn't been very good, but. Um, it's McLean. He, he's earned that job. I mean, he's earned, you know, 150 starts at mm-hmm. ideally, primarily at second base. He's yeah. a damn good second baseman. I mean, defensively, so he's the best defensive middle infielder that they have. I mean, hell, he's the best defensive shortstop they have too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love India as far as like his personality, what he brings to the team. Um, I do think that, you know. We, I do wonder if these last two years is who he really is, which pains me to say because I was a full believer after the rookie of the year season, after that spring training going into 2021. I was all in. I've gotten to meet him. Incredibly nice. Um, super fun dude. Easy to root for, but something just hasn't been right. And it could just be recovering from injury. I hope that's the case. Um, I don't think he'll be in the Reds lineup in 2024, but that's a different conversation. Um, This is just a big boost to get McLean back because Ben and I were joking one episode in like July, like, Oh, Matt McLean struggled. Ben's like, yeah, it's been like seven at bats. (laughs) 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 Right. Uh, uh Oh man. Randy asks, I love India, but can we trade him for pitching? I hope so. Yeah, um, I mean, if, what? Are we talking an in, are we talking a middle reliever or are we talking a 
you know, a back of the rotation starter. I don't know what his value is. Yeah, because like, some of these guys are going to end up being relievers, right? Yeah. yeah. We talked about Brandon Williamson last week, potentially being a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Connor Phillips is a reliever. I think he's really good, but I do think I would I would love to get an innings eater in that rotation next year. Um, and Connor Phillips' floor is a back end of the uh, back end of the bullpen reliever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great because he's you know he's he's kind of a bulldog. He's got the tenacity. Yeah. Um, I see. I, I, it, I've been saying since he came up. I think that's where Graham Ashcraft belongs because he's had stretches where he's been absolutely dominant, and and he's had. I mean, this year's kind of been kind of weird. He started out amazing, had a stretch of being awful, and then back to another stretch of being amazing. And then um, yeah, yeah, exactly, and then another pitcher with you know with a season in the injury but i think he's probably a reliever long term but again another power arm if he can figure out how to i've never seen someone who can throw three pitches 98 miles an hour above and not be able to strike anyone out that's weird yeah he's like a great ground ball pitcher but it is yeah you're right um to get back to randy's question if that's the route they have to go um fine because if this team goes into next year and Buck Farber and Ian Jabot are still in this bullpen. I know Jabot got the save today. <laughs> I was losing my shit. When uh, the just came out for the eighth inning. I was like, all right, six out save. Let's go. I'm throwing this. I dig it. And then he like, Jabot comes and closes the game. And I went, what? But it worked out. Um, thankfully, I, the, I Pirates the Pirates. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah. But um, there's just, there's no way. There's just no way. I mean, look at a game like yesterday, and I didn't want to get fully into it, but Connor Phillips leaves that game. It's nine to one. The bullpen's only job is don't give up nine runs. It's your only job. They gave they, up they didn't. They, gave, they, they didn't give up nine runs. They gave up twelve. Right. And whew, um, Sydney said, "Is Hunter Strickland available?" I'm sure he is, but no. Um, I thought that was Buck Strickland from Strickland Propane. Any King of the Hill fans? Oh, I like <laughs> gotcha. it. Hey, I'm with I you. I like it. I <laughs> like it, Joe. Propane accessories. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Because he's a free agent. Um, if Texas doesn't bring him back, bring me Chapman. Put him in the, put him in the, put him in the bullpen next year. Back end. Love it. Um, I really want Sonny Gray back next year. Robert just brought this up. If he can be the inning eater, I'm all in. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to cost, but the Reds aren't going to be hurting for money next year. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's literally like $20. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter's the only player that's going to be making more than what, $2 million. I mean, Junior's going to go into the year as the second highest paid Red. Yeah. And then not yeah. to mention Hunter. Um, Hunter's contract right now looks like a biggie bag at Wendy's. Like, it looks like a bargain. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hunter, so as Ben and I discussed a couple weeks ago with our good friend Quincy from Guardians Fancast, the Battle of Ohio is still on <laughs> this week. We got two games this week. Um, for the Reds to bring the cup back, I don't know if people know this. We we did find this out. Ben and I did find confirmation. Yes, we did. Yes, we. The did. Reds have to win these two games to bring the cup back to GABP, or I don't know at this shared facility in Goodyear. What do they yeah. put it? Uh, who knows? Um, if they in fact split this one and one, Cleveland will still keep the cup for another tied season. No. 
Oh my god. Is this your like passion, your passion for the Ohio Cup, Ben? That's I mean <laughs> it's really echoing. It's really no. you can really feel it. We must have the Ohio Cup back at Nick Cross house. It's gotta <laughs> happen. What are we doing? Um so these are the two matchups. You have Hunter Green going against Lucas Giolotto. Um and this game, this matchup in June was like, oh my god, I can't wait. Now you're like, oh okay. Uh with you know, with hitting that kind of rookie wall. Andrew Abbott versus Shane Bieber. Uh, I'll be at this game. Looking forward to being there. Um I know for a fact I'll see Willie Beam in that game in right field. That's where I'm sitting. And so that'll be nice because Bieber's a right-handed pitcher. But um, Bieber's kind of been awesome against everybody. Don't get me wrong. But particularly against the Reds in his five career starts, um, pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty, pretty solid. Um, obviously, this guy is a former Cy Young winner. He's a former pitching Triple Crown winner. So the dude's a dog. I mean, the guy is incredible. But in this stretch where – Look, I think we can go ahead and eliminate the Cubs, right? We don't have to worry about the Cubs conversation anymore. This is bound to the Reds and the Marlins at this point. Right, yeah. And the Marlins have the Mets and the Pirates this week. Mm. And the Reds have the Guardians and the Cardinals, which both those teams are awful. We're not going to strength of schedule ever again. We're not ever, 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 ever going to lean on that ever again for high hopes because yeah. obviously it kicks us in the butt every time. Um, but, you know, Obviously, I would, I just like Ben would absolutely love to bring back the Ohio Cup to wherever it goes. Um, I told you it goes in Nick Cross' basement next to his uh Oakland A's 20 game in a row pennant. Yes, I'm telling you (laughs) exactly where it goes. Ben, I know Joe's heard this. Ben, have you ever heard Nate talk about Moneyball and how it's like overrated? Uh, how Moneyball is overrated. The movie, uh, yeah. I, I have I have not. Okay, so the story's great. Obviously, what they did is awesome. Yeah. But yeah. he's but the point he makes is Barry Zito and Miguel Tejada were on that team. Miguel Tejada won the MVP that MVP year. MVP and, and Barry think... Zito was a Cy Young winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had Zito, Mulder, and Hudson. Yeah, Mulder and Hudson. You had the three <laughs> best pitchers all battling for the Cy Young on that freaking staff. That team was loaded. But no, it was all about Scott Hatt- Scott Hatterberg learning how to play first base. Right. <laughs> That's what won them the pennant. In you know what? I'm row. sure Barry Zito watched that and was like, "This is some BS." Like, what the heck? Yeah, like, Nobody, you know, it's like when yeah. people watch Rudy. Like, you know, Joe Montana broke everybody's heart when he said Rudy wasn't real. He's like, "That's not yeah. real." It's like the real story. Yeah, Rudy's like, real story should have been his embezzlement crimes. That would have been the great movie to watch. <laughs> Yeah, allegedly, just, yeah. The allegedly. fact that he's just kind of a petulant little prick that everybody hates who's ever met him in real life, too. But right, I got stories about it, like having Rudy on a po- on my podcast, uh, my old show back in the day. Um, that I will tell you guys off air one of these days. Just remind me. <laughs> we'll kick back and have some cold ones. Um, stuff that I don't want to share on here. Um, but obviously. We need you got to get off to a hot start. This you got to win one of these two at least. I know that yeah. means the cup stays in Cleveland, but you got to go in that St. Louis game not being swept. Yeah, got to get the St. Louis not being swept, and that's basically all you can hope for at this point because um, Jazz Chisholm discovered his swing again, and it's bullshit. I don't appreciate it, Jazz. I like you very much most of the time, like ninety eight percent of the time. I really like you. 
watching mm-hmm. you play baseball. Um, just not right now because I need you to be bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, Luis Arias kind of came down to earth finally. Like he's sitting only like what three forty. Um, but you know, it's stop it, Marlins. Sandy Alcantara is hurt, and you guys are still winning. This is yeah. Right. I've had pitchers dropping like flies. Like, yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. Not cool. They've got the other De La Cruz, who's doesn't yeah. have the cool lettuce like our De La Cruz. Doesn't run like the Flash. Team but... lettuce for life. Yeah. Ben's night. got nice lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's lettuce is coming in strong. I'm my field is barren. My uh, <laughs> someone That's... someone salted uh someone salted the fields. <laughs> yeah. That scared the heck out of me. The Bengals preview show. I get on here and Joe's bald and I'm like <laughs> All right, when... so go ahead. I was gonna say it's when your stylist gets COVID and you want a fresh cut for the uh for the live show and you're like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> yep. Let's mm. let's get it. <laughs> Mother Nature was slowly taking care of it, so yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> so the biggest thing I wanted to do with this show, and why I really wanted to have more than just Ben and I this week, and I want to have the live show. I want to get everyone's interaction. I want to just celebrate this because if this is it, damn it, we need to do it. And today I was in GABP. By the way, just so we're clear, my wife and daughter were also in a ballpark, so you know what happens when they're in the stadium. W's. So the Daniel family would happily accept any GoFundMe for season tickets next season so we can make sure there are as many games as possible um, so they can go ahead and get some wins. But in the fifth inning, when they're getting no hit, I looked at Grace and I said, this might be the day. And she just looked at me and went, it's not going to be the day. And it wasn't the day. It wasn't the day. Um, But the biggest story of today was if this is in fact the end, Joey Votto has played his last game at GABP. Nothing set in stone. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, but painted black plays as far as his walk-up music, which he used in, the, in his MVP run. Mm-hmm. Um, the standing ovation was incredible. I cried, not going to lie. It got very dusty in Section 537 today. Yeah. Very dusty. Um, so I was crushed. But I, you know... And for his last at bat to be just a smoked single right off the bat, right between, you know, right between the, the hole in the first and second base into the, into the right field was fantastic. Um, I know he really wanted that after striking out his first two at bats, a typical Joey Votto game, one for two hit, by you know, walk this time hit by pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and smoked a single and had two strikeouts, but the ovation for a guy that, has been through so much in this city, whatever his team gave him, as far as guys to play around him, <clears throat> Patrick Kevlahan. Um, yeah. A guy that has been misunderstood for a lot of his career. A guy that has been blamed for the for the franchise's downfalls a lot in his career. To get that respect, to be in the stadium when he got that respect today was so awesome. And in typical Joey fashion, as he calls time, Tips his cap. Standing ovation is going forever. He goes, I, I got to go hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, just awesome. And I've got a ton of really fun stories that our listeners have shared with me. If anyone in the chat wants to share any of their Joey Votto memories, I'd absolutely love to get to those. But I'll ask you two first. Um, ben, I know you love Joey Votto just as much mm-hmm. as we all do. 
um, I've been to many games with you where we've seen Joey Votto hit some bombs and we've been very, yeah. very happy and celebrating. I remember one particular, if you remember, we were in the stacks. It was pouring rain. Oh, yeah. And it goes like right between the right. like bounces right between the stacks and rolls. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll take that. But overall, just, you know, and I'm not trying to make it like he died or anything. Like, no, I'm no, not trying to get no, that. But no, no. Uh, the best Reds player of my lifetime, my favorite yeah. player to ever wear the uniform. So yeah. I just want to make sure we had some fun conversations. No, I, I think honestly, like he's been so good um, just for anybody that's a Reds baseball fan. I mean, to have a guy who, who wants to be here, he's not, you know, chasing teams he's not trying to i mean he he made a, a commitment to play for the reds good bad or indifferent he was a phenomenal player through all of the turmoil through all the roster changes through the breed builds through the playoff run to you know people telling him that you know he takes too many walks people telling him that he he doesn't hit for power we need him to hit home runs people criticizing him through all that Joey Votto. Joey Votto has been an MVP. Uh, he's been an all-star. He's been the face of the city. Uh, he's been the face of the baseball city. He's got so much respect around around the league. He's got respect from commentators that are outside of our city. He put eyes on our city even when nobody was paying attention to our city. As far as baseball-wise, the guy is a legend. He is, he is arguably the greatest red to ever put on a uniform. And and he deserved all the flowers he got today. I had a friend of mine who I actually went to dinner with before I came on here, and he was actually at the game as well. And he was and he and the only way he could uh, could describe it was like it was like everybody just knew. He's like everybody stood up and they just knew, and the feeling in that in that stadium was just complete love for a guy that's given it all body mind soul i mean this guy has been through so much he is a son of cincinnati even though he's from canada he's a son of cincinnati he's a red he's a red for life and if that was his last at bat as being a red uh, or his last homestand being a red i mean it's it's uh, i'm glad that people appreciate what he did for cincinnati reds baseball and I'm glad they were appreciative of the sacrifices that he made because he there are plenty of times he could have not resigned or went somewhere else or got trade or chased a chased a ring or did whatever you know guys of his stature do. But he didn't. He stayed. He stayed in Cincinnati. He played for Cincinnati. Even though the even though the Cincinnati, even though that team sometimes wasn't the best for him, or they didn't make moves to build around him. He stayed and he stuck it out and he was true Cincinnati. So salute to you, Joey Votto. Hat off. Uh, very appreciative. This was your last home stand. I, I am appreciative. Outside of Eric Davis, my my favorite red of all time. Yeah, but I think you're too kind to say that there were some transitional years or some difficult years in Votto's. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I try to keep I try to keep it as cool as possible because it, it was it was, yeah. For probably two-thirds of his career, he's been the only reason to turn on Reds games. Him or, you know, Cueto or Castillo, you know, pick the mm-hmm. other decent, you know, player on the on just some truly awful, terrible Reds teams. Yep. Um, 
first off, a left-handed hitter named with, with the name Joseph. I'm already going to love the guy with pretty much every ounce of my being. Same. Just yeah, just the consummate, just coolest guy. Um, I got to meet him a couple times. Uh, for those, I'm, I'm sure everybody here watches the Bengals show, or you know, watches every, you know. Um, I used to be a chauffeur back in another lifetime, and I drove him a couple times in 2014 when he had the uh, distal quad strain, whatever you know, whatever he had that uh, just the uh, the leg issue. Uh, I picked him up twice from uh, from the airport at like midnight. Out, he was out of town getting treatment, drove him back to his house. It's late at night. You figure the guy would just want to be quiet, just kind of get a little bit of a shut eye until you know uh, drive back. No, as soon as we start going, he just starts talking about baseball and talking about how he just needs to be back out there. And I made the mistake of saying, yeah, I mean, the team, you know, I mean, team's just not the same without you. And he immediately shot back. Like, oh, no, no, no. The team's doing well. They, they don't they don't need me out there. Um, for those of you that don't remember, 2014 wasn't exactly a really good Reds team. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, but just for someone just to talk up a random stranger who's just trying to drive him to his house and, and just want to talk ball at, you know, dead of the night. That's the kind of dude that he is. Um, I still think the greatest moments, some of the greatest moments he had weren't even playing ball. It was him just screwing with fans. Mm-hmm. Um, was it 2014 when there's Cleveland fans in the club seats or the, um, the diamond seats, wherever, right behind the home plate. And the guy says, I remember when you used to be good. He immediately snaps back. I remember when you used to be thin. <laughs> he points out the guy that's filming him and says, this guy's going to put this on the internet to try to be cool. I've got something to lose. You've got nothing to lose because you, you don't have a life. Yeah. That yeah, was the, the best. You know, uh, Molly said the donkey gift. Just, just the interviews. Yeah. Zach Cozart <laughs> on. I think it was Intentional Talk. Zach Cozart. Yep. Oh, the Mountie suit? The Mountie suit. The Mountie suit. But when Zach Cozart is on, um, he's being interviewed. Otto walks out in a donkey costume. Yeah. Yes. And a sign that says, Vote Cozart. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best. Yeah, the, oh, the Mountie man. suit. Nobody talks bad about the Red Surge. Oh my God, his his horse uh, nibbles. What a funny, <laughs> unique, weird his dude. horse. <laughs> yeah, Nib- nibbles the horse. Nibbles the, the best, horse. <laughs> the best part of that, the most underrated part of that whole interview, is when you know, because he's like, you know, obviously he's like, I'm being super serious, and <laughs> Kevin Ball is like laughing. He's like, no. No, no, Kevin, you're you're not taking this serious enough. <laughs> and he's just like still straight faced the whole time, just like microphone in hand. <laughs> um, do you remember there was that short time, early twenty, I think I want to say 2013, 2014, where he was going on Lance's show every week and just like talking with him for about 15, 20 minutes every week for like one one day a week. That was really cool. Uh, that was that was awesome. I really, really, really enjoyed when he would do that. So there's so much to talk about. There's so much in the chat going right now. Uh, I want to try to get quite a few of them. Uh, Robert did say uh, he really loved his recent slam of Chris Russo. If anyone slams Chris Russo, you got my back. Um, anyone who tries to tell me bet, anyone who tries to tell me Bob Cousy's better than Chris Paul, not listening to you. All right, not all listening right. to it. Um, Totally forgot about this. The old football jerseys he wore during uh during interviews when he wore Kyle Farmer's <laughs> high school yeah, football Kyle jersey. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, Jim Day with Jim Day. Jim that Day was with awesome. Jim Day's. The both of those were incredible. They were incredible yeah. podcasts. 
Uh, I really loved uh, this year the uh, when he said him and Ellie were gonna go back to the hotel and play video games all night while he was gonna have some frescas. There's some frescas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the young people do. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, um, man. So I do want to read. There's a ton of these. I'll definitely get to as many as I can before we're done with the show today. Uh, but I got a ton of answers on social media. I want to make sure I read, and some of them brought back. Some really, really funny, some great memories uh, that I wanted to go into. But um, I want to kind of read some of these off Twitter. Then I'll get to some of our Patreon listeners uh, that really gave me some fun ones as well. Um, Alex McDaniel mentioned uh, when he was snubbed at first for the 2010 All-Star. Remember, he was not voted in. He had to get in the fan vote at the end. Mm -hmm. Right after he got snubbed, they were in New York playing the Mets. He had two home runs. It's like, no, I'm a fucking All-Star. And also yeah. won MVP that year. Um, yes, he did. Big Randy brought back the all-time greatest, my one of my all-time favorite Joey Votto moves. I totally that I just clicked back in my head. June 2012, they're playing the Indians. Derek Lowe is on the mound. For those who don't remember, Derek Lowe and Dusty Baker like did not like each other one bit. Like they, mm-hmm. they did, were not fans of each other. So Lowe and Dusty are kind of battling back and forth, talking a little, talking a little mess to each other. And Joey goes up there to face him. There's a great clip. It's on YouTube. Does not step out of the batter's box the whole time. Mm-hmm. Works a walk. Like, it's literally like Lowe throws a pitch. And like Lowe was a guy who would like to speed it up. And Joey just like, pack the swings, gets back up. Doesn't, feet don't move one bit. Just works it, works it, works it. Um, and draw like drew a walk and just literally without it was awesome so funny definitely worth it you guys can check it out mm-hmm. um matthew groves brought up in 2010 when they were in la playing the dodgers the 10 pitch at bat against jonathan broxton i don't know if you guys remember that one that's 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 on youtube as well that's a freaking great at bat um funny enough they ended up being teammates two years later and really like broxton did he show Broxton where the chilies is? I think he might have. Yeah. I think he did. Now you say something about that. Um, <laughs> him, Duncan. I named my youngest son Joseph after Votto. His first game he ever goes to, Joey hits a homer, and my oldest almost catches a grand slam by Scooter Jeanette. That's oh, wow. That's yeah. Um, this one's been brought up a lot. Quite a few people brought it up. Scott brought it up. Kyle Jeff Bloomer brings it up here. Um, the walk-off grand slam against the Nationals. I think that might be his signature game. Yeah. The three the three home run Mother's Day game. Um God, he would have won MVP that year if he doesn't get hurt. Flat out. Flat out would have won MVP again. Um good friend Kent from Obscure Former Rens brings up the Mets home run in twenty seventeen when as he gets back to the gets back to the play after hitting the homer, he picks the bat up and gives it to the kid in the diamond seats. In the front row. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. an all-time favorite. Um, oh, shit. Robert brought this one up. This is a good one. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Ben, have you seen this? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld and David Letterman are like, wow, Joey Votto knows who I am. That's an all-timer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. Um, Jonathan Stratman brings up quite a few. I was at his 2000 hit game. His post-game message after the tragedy in Uvalde which, for those who know, our good friend Carlos Guevara has a lot of family in Uvalde. Um, so that was obviously something that was really close to him. So 
Joey and Carla have a, a really good relationship. Uh, the at bat where he never stepped out of the box. I just talked about that. The almost unassisted triple play against Cleveland. That was like two weeks before I got married. Um, that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the home run streak's my all time favorite. Like that was so fun because I was at the first game. Of the streak. So close to the so close. So to close. close. I know. Yeah. Wall scraper. I mean, yeah. Almost. And I also, I also love that when it broke and he was like, it wasn't the typical like, oh, you know, I was just working at bat, see what happened. He literally was like, I really wanted it. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Scott brings up the uh, the girl in San Diego who got upset when he got ejected. So he signed he signed a ball and says, "I'm sorry, sorry how dude. I acted." <laughs> <laughs> and I think brought her back to a game, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. Joey Votto getting a TikTok was an all timer. Yes. Um, Joey Votto's social media on take that yeah that he, he oh, was man. awesome on there. The John Lever like- matinee game against the Cubs, the three homer game. What were you saying, Joe? I'm sorry. I was going to say, talking about him on social media, just him being all iced out to a chess tournament. Yep. In the middle of winter in Canada. (laughs) Like absolute matching Gucci shoes, sweatsuit. He's got, you know, he's got grill. Like, wow. That that's, he picked up how to do social media really, really fast. Yeah. It was very good at it. Um, Does anyone remember he was on the Cleveland show for an episode? No. No, I don't (laughs) remember that. Yeah, I mean the Cleveland show is not exactly Steinfeld, so you know hasn't aged very well either. Right. Um, so here's the ones we got from some of our Patreon group. Uh, Scott brings up, I'll never forget the Mother's Day walk off Grand Slam. I was on my way back from Cleveland listening to the game on the radio. I was working retail at the time, so for those who don't remember, um, that game got rain delayed by two or three hours. It was a Sunday matinee Mother's Day game. That didn't start till about two o'clock. This is, you know, so this time games are normally over by three thirty, four thirty for Sunday games. He hit the walk-off home at like seven o'clock that night. It was just one of those days where it was just really dragged out. Mm-hmm. Um, our other favorite Canadian, that's not Joey Votto. Joey Gaditza brings up in twenty fifteen the three homers on three pitches game. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um. We get some emotional ones in here. I really like these. So, good friend Seth Shaner of the Patreon. Um, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. My wife and I couldn't agree on a boy name for our son when she was pregnant in 2010. Sometime in August, we are chilling and he hits a three-run bomb. As he's going around the bases, I suggest Joey, and she agrees that would work. Fast forward to October, and we get home with little Joey, and a friend exclaims, he can't believe she let me name him after Joey Votto. She claims immediately we didn't has no recollection of the home run idea. My Joey is a huge Joey fan and got his jersey autographed in Columbus last summer. Seth Shader did it right, folks. Wow. <laughs> he did it right. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, Mike Perry, who gave us the greatest Nick Crawl Thanos Photoshop we got to use on a few episodes <laughs> not too long ago. Um, amazing for that. I got to meet him on the field during practice. I got to sit in the dugout and watch. The Reds actually gave me a used jersey that day. He walked over and offered a sign for me. After that, he shook my hand and my wife's hand, looked me in the eye and said, nice to meet you, and I really hope you enjoy the game tonight. It meant a lot that he was so genuinely friendly to random fans watching practice, and he has pictures of the jersey, which look awesome. Um, Kevin Lynch, his entire social media revolution of the last three years, he went from kind of unknown personality-wise to super goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike Perry again. 
My dad had a similar opportunity to me. He donated a bunch of money to strike out cancer and got to watch batting practice. When Vada heard why he was there, he said, I have something for you and gave him one of his bats. He was such a consistent hitter that there was a worn out spot in the shape of a baseball in the barrel of the bat. They talked for a while. And my dad said he was a pediatric dentist. Vada talked about dating a dental hygienist and said he flosses every single day. <laughs> you know Joey Votto flosses every day. Yeah, I was oh, gonna yeah. say he he brushes I mean, the fold. He he's probably has yeah. one of those uh oral B toothbrushes with the app yep. that shows you that yep. you know how well you brush your teeth. So I just like I, I don't want to butt in and everything. Just people talking about Votto uh hitting home runs on Daylor Born. He hit a home run on the day my son was born, July thirty first, two thousand and nine. That's the day that the Reds traded uh Edwin Encarnacion for Scott Rowland. Yeah. I didn't even think, you know, I was in the hospital. I didn't really pay attention to the game. He also hit a home run on um, April 20th, 2015, which is the day my daughter was born. So he homered oh. on both the days both my oh, kids wow. were born. The, uh, the same day was uh, Brian Price having his epic meltdown about uh, yeah, was, uh, epping pissing up a rope about, because uh, Steve Trent leaked that uh, Tucker Barnhart was getting sent down. So again, yeah. I, I didn't remember the aspects of the game because the birth and there's so much other bigger news that went on that day with the Reds that I, I just had to look up real quick. I'm like, holy crap! Like he he knows how to uh, how to bring Farsings into the family with the. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Joey. Andrew Williams in 2012, my dad won a meet and greet with Joey at Reds Fest. I actually won one that year with him too. Got to meet him that that Reds Fest. The plan for me was to get a baseball sign for the family, but then my brother would try to sneak in a helmet to get signed so we could each have one. Joey caught us getting two autos for one ticket. And he clearly didn't care and signed us, signed, signed both of them, made both of our ki- us kids' days. That's oh, pretty that's great. Awesome. Nice. Um, I got two. 2011, I went to Wrigley in September. Both teams were out of it. You know, this is back when the Cubs were losing 100 games a year. So for those who didn't know, this was a big cheat. Big, big cheat. Big life hack. You could get Cubs tickets at that point at Wrigley Field because they were playing mostly night games in September at that point for literally three, four dollars. A set line home play for six bucks. Oh wow. Well done. At Wrigley at Wrigley Field. So we would get there early, uh, because you know, if you get there early, it's when they were routines doing batting practice. So he him and Brandon came up to me and they each signed a ball for me. When he threw my ball back to me. I wasn't paying attention. I turned at the wrong time. It bounced off my hand. But the the security guy was there. He handed it to me. So thankfully I got it. It's in one of these things here, but it's kind of faded because it was in ballpoint pen. Kids, when you meet your favorite baseball players, do not have them sign baseballs in ballpoint pen. That's strike one. Yeah. Paint pen is the way to go. Let it dry. Looks fantastic for years. Um, but baseball wise. I think the night he clinched MVP in 2010. So I don't know how many people remember this game. Uh, September 11, 2010, they're playing the Pirates. This is when the Cardinals go on a streak again. The, it's a fight to the finish before the Reds really get a, like a th- get a grip on it, get a grip on the division. I think it's two weeks before clinch miss, uh, if I remember correctly. And he's kind of hit his first slump of the season. He's really not hitting everything. He's kind of going through it, and. He breaks out of the slump by hitting a walk-off against the Pirates at GABP on an oppo field, traditional Joey left field homer. And that was kind of like when like you knew he was you like the MVP conversation was very loud, and that was kind of the night it felt like it got sealed. Um 
So that was awesome. I did laugh too about, did you ever ever see that clip when he told the story about when he saw Roy Halladay at the 2011 All-Star game after the 2010 no-hitter? No, uh uh-uh. So I saw this, it popped up my TikTok feed recently, actually, where I guess, uh, because a couple things. If you ever go back and watch that game, which I don't think you should if you're a Reds fan, it's very painful. Um, I don't really think the Reds had bad at-bats. I think Roy Halladay was just on one that day. Yeah. He was just lights out. Um, that to the best of teams. Yeah, exactly. So I guess Joey was trying to figure out how to get him out of sorts, and he was kind of doing this not leaving the batter's box, super strategic stuff. Kept finding, kept calling timeouts in between pitches to kind of try to throw him off his rhythm. And he goes, so we were just like trying to figure out whatever we could do because he was just unhittable that day. He's like, so we get the 2011 All-Star game in Arizona, and I'm in the I'm in the locker room, and Roy comes up to me and says he wanted to strangle me because of what I did in that game. <laughs> oh, bad. Um, Mr. Juan breaks up. Remember when? How he came in second and rookie of the year, Giovanni Soto. What's I don't think that's as much of a travesty as second and MVP to Giancarlo Stanton. No, yeah, that was um, awful. I, I just went back at what we were talking about. I was going back and look at that that season. I'm like, how in the world do you not give him the MVP that year? Like, and I'm not saying that I'm not no knock on Stanton, but I'm like, Cheese with Pete's Potter was so good that year. Yeah. Yes. Stanton had sexy numbers, but but that was yeah. Um Rookie of the Year. It. Rookie of the Years are awesome, but you look at the hallowed names of those that have won it, like Pat Listach, Bob Hamlin, Jerome Walton, uh, Scott Williamson. Scott Williamson, yeah. like 85 Dodgers that did nothing, like uh Todd Hollinsworth. And like, <laughs> it does have a rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. like it. It would have been great. Yeah, it would have been cool. You know, something to put on the uh, uh, put on the trophy shelf. But the second or the second MVP. I mean, that clinches like no doubt in anyone's yeah. mind that this guy's a Hall of Famer. I mean, we know better. We we know he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But you get that second MVP, and everyone shuts up about the counting stats. Or yeah. you know, it's a, whatever kind of bullshit kind of argument they have against it. Like, no, he's a multiple time MVP, received votes in multiple other years. So yeah, that's egregious. And you would have hoped by that time that the voters would have been passed. Just looking at you know uh, counting stats and great Stanton hit a ton of home runs, but I don't know. That that was that was bad. Yeah, that one. Um, you know, you see all these older baseball writers who try to say he's not a hall of famer um and they bring up the stupid stupidest point every time well you know if there's a runner on third base he wasn't trying to like stand the strike zone to get a guy i'm like do you guys remember the people batting behind him let's say post j bruce yeah my god i mean i joke about patrick evilhan all the time but patrick evilhan really hit behind joey Votto. was the protector of joey Votto in a lineup for a year yeah, you think he's getting any pitches to do anything right. with? Yeah. Um, look, we all love Johnny Gomes, the personality. Johnny Gomes was at times the cleanup hitter for Joey Votto. Yep. Let's let's call it what it is. Um, well, we loved Cowboys saying Johnny Gomes in the honey hole, so that was that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, <sighs> Rob Parker, who I I'm not a fan of. I'm not going to go here and trash him and say horrible things about him. I'm just not a fan of his work. But his whole thing about on-base percentage doesn't matter. It's so stupid. 
And that's the reason he's that's the reason he's not putting Joey Votto in the Hall of Fame, even though Joey Votto's in seven time on base percentage champion. Um MLB.com in 2020 did an article. It was the top ten hitters of the 2010s. Joey was third on that list, by the way, just so we're clear. Behind Trout right. and Miguel Cabrera. I there. think that can yeah, I think no one's gonna fight that. Right. Um our pool's definitely kind of decreased quite a bit post 2011 so you know obviously um and joey from what carlos has told me has been very open that uh he's no mike trout <laughs> he's been like that's that guy was better than me and that's okay um so uh he's my last in interviews about how how much how pissed he was when Bado came around or, or when uh trout came around because he had an argument to be the best player you know the best hitter in baseball and the right. trout came around, like yeah no there's okay, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry uh I'll say this one before we head out of here because this is one of my favorites too. I think you got he's, he talked about this quite a bit recently where when he got drafted and he went to uh, Synergy to work out and Griffey was at, uh, was at the fall park because he was rehabbing an injury. So there's a bunch of scouts sitting around the batting cage and Joey's like, I think, 19 at this point. And he stands like Griffey and he's like, guys, who am I? It does this, this the whole thing. You know, the swing we all did in the backyard. Mm-hmm. It just hits a bouncer right in front of Griffey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but with that being said, I do I wanted to make sure with how bad teams played lately, um, I just wanted to make sure we had a fun, fun conversation about Joey and what he means. And I certainly hope he's here next year. I don't know in what vicinity that will be. Um I can't imagine it'll be for $22 million. I can't imagine it'll be for $7.5 million. But um, I want him here. I don't know what that's going to entail. But I think this team with all these young dudes definitely need a veteran leader. And mm-hmm. I don't think that can be replaced. You know, if it's not Joey Votto, you're going to get Randall Grichuk to be the veteran leader for this team. Let's be right. real here. Yeah. Um, but we'll go ahead and close out this week's edition of Late Night Reds brought to you by the Riverfront. Uh, thanks everyone for doing this. Uh, this was awesome. You know, for us to get to talk about our favorite player. This is awesome. Uh, this is what we want to do. This is a, just a blast for having Joe. What do we got going on? Are we doing anything special for Monday night football this week? Uh, we'll be on live at seven o'clock tomorrow. Again, we, we're still uh, giving away Bengals tickets to uh, new YouTube subscribers. Sign up. We will be giving away tickets to the October 15th game at Paycor versus the Seahawks. Um, obviously, we're going to have a lot to talk about, about who will or will not be under center tomorrow. Um, AJ McCarron. I'm nervous. We'll say that, but that's we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in about 21 hours. So Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, if anyone's going to be, for some reason or another, at the uh, – at the Jake this week, I know it's called Progressive. I still call it the Jake. Uh, the for Jake. these for these Reds Guardians games, stop me somewhere and say hey. I'll be there. Uh, I'm really excited to be. I love that stadium. It's such a cool stadium. If you haven't been to a game there, I highly suggest it. Um, last thing for all the shit that Cleveland gets, no one volunteers to live in Pittsburgh. This is Tim <laughs> Daniel. Have a good night. Sign off. <laughs> We'll see you next week.